Oh, what a year it has been in 2020. And we're here to wrap things up with an amazing show planned for you guys. Thanks for joining us on this amazing journey this year. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. And it's in. Darwin Jones with the response for Orange County. And it is a massive one. Austin Gold dominant in the last 10. Forrester in the middle now. Gets around a few defenders. Forrester with the outside of the right foot. What a strike by Mary Forrester. It's the opening goal for Orange County. Heads it down. Back post. Opportunity and a goal. A beautiful goal by Orange County. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast or on Facebook at Orange and Black Soccer Cast. How's it going, Orange County? Welcome to another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, presented by Roughneck Scarves and Icarus FC. We are the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. I'm your host, Ray Samora, and I am with you pretty much each and every episode as we discuss all things Orange County Soccer Club. Joining me as he's done each and every episode since day one, we've got Dylan from County Lion Coalition. Dylan, how's it going? You know, I, I don't have too many complaints. I see that we're just staring at your face right now, Ray, but um, that's fine. Oh, hello, everyone. Uh, it's good to be on here. Is it always great when we can have you on, on the show, Dylan? You've been on here every single episode. People have had to put up with your, your fun comments and, and all that greatness. Um, but also another person that's a member of this great team is uh, from down in San Diego. We got Alan. Alan, how's it going, man? uh it's going well um it's been chilly which has been nice we've had some fires at night uh watching like the mandalorian and uh we've been re-watching ozark so it's been kind of cozy and uh slightly terrifying uh so things are going well i'm glad to be back and uh finishing up this great year with some good interviews Yes, exciting to bring on the interviews, and we're going to just get right into the swing of things. Joining us for the first time ever on our podcast, we've got the head coach for your Orange County Soccer Club, Coach Braden Cloutier. Coach, welcome to the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. Oh, thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. No, thank you for taking some time uh, out of your schedule to come join us and speak with us about how things are going with the club, um, what's going to be happening through the offseason, and what to expect next season. Uh, really quick, I just need to get this out of the way, though, because I, I think just like Frederick do on the club, uh, there's always a lot of questions or uh, differences uh, on the pronunciation of your last name. So can you just set the record straight? How do we pronounce your last name, coach? Well, it's, it's pronounced Cloutier. Cloutier. Perfect. Yeah. That's, that, that, that's perfect. We will do our best to remember that going forward. Go back to my days with the San Diego soccers. Um, <laughs> the PR guy back then, and I think he's still with U.S. soccer, Jim Morehouse. Uh, when I came to the team, I think it was 1994, he um, he, he suggested to go with the French pronunciation because it seemed a little bit more appropriate for soccer. So, what a, what a, what a way to get the the name going! Uh, since you brought up the San Diego Soccer's, I'm just going to go straight to Alan because those aren't watching the live stream. Alan is wearing a San Diego Soccer's shirt uh, kit. Um, I'm sure in anticipation of our guest today. So let me hand it off to you really quick, Alan. What do you uh, what questions do you have for for Coach? 
what was it like in that community, that indoor community? Because that's like the, one of the big heydays of San Diego soccer. Like people still talk about those soccer teams as being these like great teams. What was it like playing with that kind of historical franchise at a pretty big moment? Well, I tell you what, first of all, what year is that? 88, maybe? Somewhere around there? That jersey you got on? I, th- I think so. It was a, a throwback that I snagged because yeah, it was snazzy no, with the big fat collar. Definitely a nice one. But um, yeah, no, I mean, the San Diego Soccers are, you know, the, the, historically the, the, the greatest team of all time or the greatest club of all time of indoor soccer. You know, having grown up in Wichita, having followed indoor soccer through the 80s, late 70s into the 80s, and then having the opportunity to play for a club like San Diego was, was fantastic. It was a great opportunity. So let me ask you this uh, really quick, Coach. Uh, uh, you know, we got the the soccer thing out of the way. I'm sure we'll get back to that topic here in a little bit. Um, but, you know, I've probably been out of the three of us the harshest on what happened with the team in 2020. I know there's, there's you know, it, I, I know the club didn't quite reach their expectations when we had uh, went into the season. Uh, but uh, what to, can you just give us a quick rundown of, of everything that sort of went good and maybe – uh, some things that didn't go quite so well uh, for Orange County this season. Well, I think, I mean, from, from day one, I thought we would, you know, coming back off of the, the COVID, um, you know, with the break and everything, getting into the season, we knew it was going to be probably the biggest challenge of all of our careers, either as coaches or players. Um, with the rules, with the testing, with, you know, the quarantine and all everything that was happening, um, you know, a lot of people didn't know. We didn't, up until that first game against uh, Phoenix, we had only had three days of training of you know full team training with contact training and up until then we had a few players who had tested positive we had a few injuries so going into that phoenix game we hadn't even played 11 aside hadn't even gotten really the, the minutes and the fitness that we needed to go into that game so to be fortunate to come out of that game 1-1 was was a po- uh, positive and then the next week we end up beating phoenix so i think we you know considering all the the, the situation and circumstances that going into those two games we we probably overachieved a bit, but I think we we handled the situation very, very well. Getting into the next part of the, you know, the the situation where we were in Sacramento and the and the game got postponed, and you know, and then I think we were supposed to play Galaxy next, and that game got postponed. It, it kind of, you know, not at any fault of our own. It, it kind of, you know, getting those games thrown into the schedule where we only had you know a few days to recover and then have to play again with a very limited squad because we, we picked up a lot of injuries trying to rush guys to get them game fit during the week. Um, we had a limited roster and it, it just, obviously it all caught up to us. You know, we won, what was it like? I think four games in a row, but during that spell, we, you know, we kept picking up injuries and the, and the roster just got smaller and smaller with, you know, who was available and, and the limited roster that we had and the players available, you know, pose problems for us when when it came down to it but you know I think every game we were we were pretty much in every single game um you know I just don't think we had the the horses there to to last um or a deep enough squad to really get through that 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 part of the schedule how big of a loss was it uh for uh to have to leave Thomas and Volton out in Europe I know there was a lot of uh positive anticipation when he came back to the club uh, looking at his goal scoring that he had brought to the team a few seasons back, um, looking for that to return. And then, you know, again, COVID happened, uh, Thomas uh, back in Europe for the birth of his child and, and the club, uh, you know, decides to let him stay out there for the season. How big of a loss was that for the team and your plans uh, for 2020? 
it was definitely it was a massive loss. I mean, I think you know, you know, obviously bringing him back, he was, we brought him back for goals, and and it was something that you know, if you look at the the 15 games that we played in the back half of this this season, you know, we definitely we lacked you know goals. Uh, we created plenty of opportunities, but we didn't have you know his his goal scoring threat. Um, but the decision was made, you know, when we were still in COVID and we were still in quarantine, and you know, we didn't even know if we we're going to have a season. Um, and we knew that his his wife was going to be due in July, and the decision was made for him to go back home, which he needed to go back for the birth of his first child. And and I think we were all in agreement of that. And then, you know, sending him out on loan, again, was for him to to get games. And at his age, he needs to be playing on a regular basis. And, you know, we didn't know if we were going to even have a season. So, you know, that decision was made, um, you know, which ultimately left us a little bit shorthanded when it came down to it, when we were, you know, needing goals and, and playing all those games back to back. Let me, uh, I, I've been hogging the question time so far. Let me get, uh, hand it off to Dylan here or see if he has a, a question or two for you. Uh, Braden, you mentioned um, a lot of dealing with the circumstances, especially this year. Um, and you had quite an interesting career yourself, um, leaving Wichita, Kansas for Hamburg, Germany. Um, how, how do you use your personal experience, um, especially as a youth player, moving halfway across the globe um, with the, with the younger players that are on. Yeah. I mean, I get, you know, obviously the opportunity that I had, I I couldn't pass up and it was something that I wanted to pursue. And and fortunately for, you know, my family, they, they supported me and, you know, but times back then were a little bit different, you know, back then there was no internet, there was no, you know, cell phones, there was nothing like that. So going over, you know, halfway across the world to to play was, you know, definitely a, a huge, you know, experience that I, that I, extremely grateful for and i think you know the things that i learned from different managers that i played for and and you know different situations that i you know that i was in at a young age gives me the opportunity to help you know the francis and the, and the kobe's and the aaron's and you know the young players that we have to to help them understand what it's like to be a professional um you know and i always say this it's not only what you're doing on the on the field or at practice it's it's a lifestyle that you live off the field um and, and trying to help those guys grow as young adults and, and in the professional athletes. Let me ask you this, uh, Coach, talking about the uh, the the roster makeup here. Uh, Orange County seems to be one of those teams in the USL that has a really good balance between uh, veterans who are experienced and some of the younger uh, up-and-coming uh, players in U.S. soccer. Uh, is that uh, a vision that you and GM Oliver Vise have uh, sort of put together over the past few seasons? Uh, is this sort of your game plan from from day one uh, once you got to the head coaching spot, or is this something that sort of naturally evolved from when you first got there to where it is now? No, I think I think it begins even even not only with Oliver and myself, but with Franz Hoek and with Peter no, uh, Peter Nugent. Um, you know, the four of us. You know, obviously we had a blueprint and we had an idea and a philosophy of how we wanted to play, and and then from there, you know, creating player profiles to fit in with the system and the style that we wanted to play. And and then now going out and identifying those players. And I think, you know, the first year we did a really good job of identifying those players and, and getting a bit fortunate when we had, you know, Alex Cronali and, and Andre Rawls coming in on loan um, to kind of fill some voids that we, you know, we, we weren't able to identify. Um, but yeah, that's, that's been, you know, ultimately what we, we created from day one and then going out and getting those players. And I think the challenge now for us is, is to constantly, build from this um and you know 
finding the right players in the off season and identifying the right talented players to, to come in and, 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 you know, fill some boys that we, we, you know, ultimately need to replace a few players and, and, you know, keep evolving as a club and, and as a team. Um, but, you know, going into this year, I thought we had a very solid roster going into the start of the preseason. And unfortunately with the COVID and the, the quarantine and everything that happened, you know, it kind of hamstrung us there and, and, Ultimately, you know, when, you know, with Thomas going back to Denmark and then starting off the, you know, in July being, you know, like I said, having all the injuries and the games all backed up, it, it, it became a depth issue um, that we didn't really probably have the depth that we really needed to, to really get through that stage of the season. Definitely. And, and uh, you know, speaking with some of the about some of these younger players, you said you you, know, you got off to a great start, you know, early on. Uh, one of the first of those youngsters that joined the team, Aaron Cervantes. Um, you know, just recently signed with Rangers, which is a big move for, you know, going from a USL championship club to one of the top clubs in the world into their program. Um, it, it shows a, that orange County is truly, uh, focusing on that pathway to pro, uh, message that they've been stating. And then, uh, B it's, it's showing these young players that if they come to orange County, they may have an opportunity, uh, to, to take that next step and, and, reach for bigger and better things. Uh, did, did you have any, did you get to speak with Aaron uh, before he, or before the announcement, or have you spoken to him recently about what he needs to do to, to be ready for that next level or that next step or, uh, and, and how happy were you uh, that you were able to help, help him get to that next level? No, I mean, for, for me, I mean, I've known Aaron since he was nine, 10 years old. Um, I, I worked with him at that age and, and, and saw something in him that, you know, he's definitely ambitious and, and hardworking and driven and, I knew that he had an opportunity when I got this job here at Orange County that I could bring him into this this organization and 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 help develop him and and create a pathway and a plan for him to to become a top professional. And I think you know nothing's given, everything's earned. The first season he was here, he didn't get one minute, um, but then little by little he's grown into himself and with the help of Victor and and obviously Franz Hook and and. You know, given the opportunity to train every single day with top professionals and 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 keep building and and keep, you know, developing. But you know, ultimately, the play these kids have to play and they have to get games. And they have to get minutes. Um, but again, it's not given; it's earned. Aaron definitely earned his minutes and his opportunity. And I think you know, two seasons ago, he made the best of it. I think he had twelve or thirteen starts. Did very very well before Frederick got in. Um, and then you can see this this preseason. I mean, he he did really really well with the competition between him and Frederick, and and earned the right to to start the season. Uh, I want to uh, open it up to some uh, fan questions because we did reach out on social media and ask any fans if they wanted to submit questions to ask uh, you during your time with us here. And uh, our super fan Andy King, um, he had a couple questions. One of the questions he wanted to ask is, uh, "What the biggest change you've seen in the USL since you've become involved with the league? What's what's been the biggest change you've seen?" It's definitely grown from a, I would say, a glorified semi-professional league to a full full-blown professional league. Um, you know, with the, the quality of the players that we're getting, um, the caliber of the player, but also just the way the clubs and the organizations are being run now. I think, you know, the first season we were here, it was very difficult to retain any players. You know, everybody was on a season contract just for the season. And then, you know, over the course of the last few years, we've been able to retain players, been able to, re you know, sign players on multi-year contracts. And that's not just us, that's the league as a whole. Um, and I think that's probably the biggest thing. So we it creates continuity. It creates, you know, chemistry between the players and the fans um, to, to know the players that are coming back and, and, 
you know, not just constantly, you know, a revolving door of players. And, you know, it helps us as a staff and an organization to, to, to create chemistry and in that continuity, like I said. And then uh, the other question he wanted uh, to ask uh, with you joining the show is where do you see Orange County in, in 10 years, 10 years from now, what, uh, what can we expect out of Orange County? I tell you what, hopefully a few, few championships. I definitely, you know, for, for me, I, I, I'm proud to, you know, this is going to be, I think coming up on year seven, I believe six, seven, um, since Oliver and I came in from the start, um, you know, I, I want to still be here. I want to still build and, and this, this club has a special place for me. And, you know, hopefully here in 10 years, we've, we've won multiple championships. We've, you know, sent players that are playing in the world cup for the first team playing the top leagues and across the world. And, um, you know, we have a, you know, a pipeline of kids coming through an academy system, you know, but it would be nice as if, you know, obviously we, we continue to build out, you know, with the stadium and the fan base and, and we're getting 10, 15,000 people on a regular basis would be great um, in 10 years. Um, and I think, you know, things are evolving as a club, definitely from, from the day, first minute where I got here to where we're at now, it's night and day. Um, but there's still a lot of room to grow. I think we're, we're on the right track. And, you know, like I said, it's, it's, you know, we're, we're, we're never satisfied. We're constantly pushing ourselves to get better. And I think, you know, um, you know, the, the fans, you know, our fan base now can, you know, be assured that here in the, in the next few years and the next 10 years that, you know, we're going to go and try to do everything we can to keep winning championships. Thank you for that. And we'll get back to maybe one or two more fan questions here. I have one question heading into the off season here and now, um, you know, to 2021, uh, what's, uh, what's, are you working on with the front office and what are you trying to figure out? Uh, I guess my biggest question would be, or my, my main question I'm trying to ask is what's the the biggest gap Orange County has that needs to be filled and And, you know, what do you think is needed or what, what do we need to fill that gap? Um, well, first of all, we need to know when we're going to start. I think that's been the biggest challenge for us this off season is, is still the, the unknowns of, you know, when we're going to have a start date, when we're going to be able to start preseason. Um, you know, I don't get into the negotiations. I leave that to Oliver and Pete. Um, with players and, and and things like that, but I've obviously identified players. I've I've you know I, I have a list of players pretty much in every position. Pete and I talk on a regular basis. Um, it's it's the negotiating and not knowing when we're going to be able to start to be able to fill the roster. Um, I think that's been the most frustrating um, for all of us. It's just league wide right now and the, all the unknowns. But you know I can understand where the owners are coming from. I can understand the frustration between the staffs and the organ in the in the fan bases. Um, you know, things will eventually get back to normal here really soon. But I think, you know, for us right now, it's, it's just trying to find, you know, the right time. I mean, it's frustrating for me. I want to be on the field. I want to be preparing for games and, and having the thought of, you know, not, you know, not having a game for an extended period of time is, is extremely, you know, frustrating. But, you know, for us right now is, you know, the players that we do have under contract, we're still training. We're still with them on a regular basis. Um, we're going to have programs for them here really soon going into the preseason. Um, but yeah, we're continually working. We're trying to fill voids. Like you said, I mean, we identify, we obviously signed Chris Weehan, um, who's a player that we've, we've known for several years now. And, and he's something that yeah, I think we lacked a little bit in the last season that we identified early on that, you know, we, we got that one done pretty soon. Um, but you know, we, we, we know that we we had a good solid base of you know a good eleven players and getting in a Bolson back will definitely be a plus. But I think it's just building out the rest of the squad and the depth of the squad with good quality players as well is what we're looking forward to. 
you mentioned having a really hard time, especially right now, trying to build um, the roster. We do have a fan question asking how often um, Franz Hoke is involved um, just throughout the season. Well, I, I tell you what, I talk to Franz probably a minimum once a week, if not more. Um, I definitely talk to him after every single game in preparation for every single game. Um, it's, it's kind of funny. We kind of have an inside inside joke. Um, not a really a joke. We just kind of we, – we've called him Obi-Wan. He's, he's kind of like the Jedi mind master. He's the one that kind of helps us, um, obviously, for every single one of us. For, but me, for personally, you know, as kind of a, a mentor – Somebody that I can I can you know touch base with and 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 because he's been at the highest level he's been around the, the top managers around the world and and for for him to understand everything that we're going through here and for me personally what I'm going through to to help me grow and to evolve um, has been tremendous um, but yeah he's um, somebody that we talk to on a weekly basis we usually get on every couple of weeks a staff either Zoom call but he comes out um, normally he would come out four or five times a year. Um, and, and watch a handful of games per well. We watch one of our games, and, and like I said, he analyzes everything, and we, we go over it. And we're always on a Zoom call at least two, three hours a day, once a week. It's always a, that's a very good person to have too, as as someone to be able to talk with and um, you know go over game plans and and trying to plan for future opponents and whatnot. Uh, a very good uh, person to have on on our side. Um, Alan, do you have any question? Yeah. Um... I think talking about like mentor and mentorship and as you, uh, as you play, you have these people that kind of are your coaches or your leaders and having that experience. When did you like start thinking about, man, I want to coach. Like I want this to be my career path. I'm, you know, was there like a moment or is it like a kind of over a period of time that you realized that this is something you really would enjoy doing? Well, I tell you what, when I was playing, there was no chance. I'd never wanted to be a coach. Um, it was one of those situations where I was actually in San Diego. I was playing for the Soccers back in 2004, and midway through the season, the club folded. And it, I was living actually up here in Orange County. Um, you know, my kids were in school up here in Orange County, and it, it was one of those moments where it's like, okay, do I continue to travel across the country? I had an opportunity to play for another couple of MLS teams. I had a couple of indoor teams I could have gone to, but it was like, okay, what am I going to do? Am I going to just stay and and because I was, I was going to have to leave my family. And I decided to stay and get into coaching. Um, and just happens to be, it was at the club that Oliver Vies was at. And he had a time where he had a very talented youth, uh, young boys team. And I took that boys team off of him. And that team ended up being the national champions and, and won everything in Cal South <clears throat> for a number of years. But I, I think that first year when I got that team, I realized, you know, that I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed working with kids and I really enjoyed coaching um, and it gave me an outlet and a platform that I, I, I really didn't anticipate wanting to do, but ultimately fell in love with it. And I think, you know, I don't think there's one coach that's a, that's a former player that says, you know, that he would exchange and, and I, you know, I, I love playing. I mean, I really enjoyed my career playing, but um, you know, the satisfaction I get, you know, being on the, being able to be on the sidelines and, and get to manage a game and, and be involved in that adrenaline rush that you get week in week out is 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 priceless and you know I'm I'm grateful for those opportunities I was able to get. 
let me ask you really quick, Raiden. I want to get uh, one more fan question in here really quick, and, and then we'll let you go because you, you've definitely spent a, a good part of a uh, good part of the evening with us here on the show. So we appreciate that. Um, one of the our listeners, uh, Russell Buteau, is asking uh, basically uh, the uh, pathway to pro program that you guys are setting up. How are how is that going to work with the the youth program, the youth of OC, and um, what is you know the plans in the future for that? I know there's been some some holiday camps recently. Um, is what can you elaborate more on where that's going in the future? Well, definitely. I mean, the the academy is something that the it's USL wide um, that's that's created the USL academy. Um, but it it's again it these these players like this season for us obviously it wasn't ideal with with COVID and and the the limitations that we had when it came to training and and the and the protocols that we had to follow within the bubble that we lived in. Um, and even right now with youth soccer, you know, there's still, I think my son's team still can't even have contact training. Um, so presents, you know, some challenges there. But for us overall, you know, to have a, a reserve team, we're going to call it not an academy team. It's a reserve team, you know, for, for the players like Kobe and Francis and and young Raymond and, and, and obviously some of these other players that we're going to be bringing in. It gives them an opportunity to play games. That's where they need to, to to probably learn the most is in the actual game itself. Um, and it gives them an opportunity to train with the first team on a regular basis, but also you know opportunities if they're not getting minutes with the first team to play with the reserve team. Um, it's you know it's a setup that's you know global. It's around the world that you know the top clubs have reserve teams that the the players can play and, and obviously showcase themselves to get into the first team training. To, to see how they can handle themselves in a professional with with adults, um, but even for you know some of the younger players that we have under contract, if they're if they're struggling a little bit, you know, emotionally or or mentally, you know, dealing with the day in day out of the first team, they can go back and play with the reserve team, build their confidence back up there, and 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 ultimately get back up into the first team. But you know, we we have a plan and and a, and a pathway for all these kids and. You know, with the with the relationship that we have with Rangers, you know, they're going to be vital in this this whole process. Um, you know, they're going to have some staff that are going to be coming over to help us as well. Um, and I think we're going to build this out. That you know, you, you asked that question about ten years ten years from now. I think this is going to be fully, you know, from from top to bottom, a professional club that we we're all going to be extremely proud of. Well, uh, I want to uh, thank you once again for taking some time this evening to join us on the show and uh, share um, a little insight into the club. We definitely are looking forward to hopefully have you on again in the future when we get uh, a better idea of what 2021 is going to look like and maybe get a little bit into a, a more full roster of, of the team there to find out what your expectations are for 2021. Um, but again, thank you for taking some time to join us this evening. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that is your coach for Orange County Soccer Club. Coach Braden Cloutier, uh, okay. and uh, <laughs> I appreciate uh, you taking some time uh, to, to share your thoughts with our fans, our listeners. No, you're very welcome. Thank you, guys. Enjoy. Perfect. Thank you. You have yes, same to you. Um, so it's awesome when we can have uh, players, but when we get get the coach on the club on on the uh, show, it's a it's a pretty good experience as way. Um, speaking of players, we're going to just swing right into this next. Uh, interview or, or person we have here, and that's going to be uh, someone that's been on the show in the past. Um, and uh, let's bring him on. That's a uh, defender for Orange County, Robbie Kiernan. Rob, how are you doing, sir? Hi, guys. How about you? Uh, I, I'm doing pretty amazing. Uh, I, I, I can't speak for Dylan or Alan. Um, I'll let one of them. I get a thumbs up from Dylan there on the live I'm stream. Well. I am well. 
<laughs> guys listen my um my connection's a little bit juttery here so if i have to, I have to ask you to repeat i apologize it's just it's just a little bit croaky man you know it's what happens when we're, we're doing a live stream uh you got to rely on internet and internet's not always the most stable thing um even though we're what in 20 end of 2020 you expect your internet <laughs> to be super fast super great but we've we've all experienced those issues. I think Alan was having issues earlier on the show. He dropped out a few times. So um, no if, we if appreciate I drop out, guys, you. I'll be, I'll be straight back in, and I am sitting right next to the Wi-Fi, so it should be okay. But I apologize in advance. Perfect. So let me let me just start this off really quick for you, Rob. Uh, we had you on the show last. You you uh, you know you, you talked about a lot of things. Uh, we we talked about your experience here joining the club here in the U.S. for your first season. Um, I, I guess I could say the the season probably didn't end as expected uh, for you and the and the guys. Uh, what was the the feeling with with you? What was the feeling in the locker room um, at the end of the season? There, um, yeah, I'll be brutally honest with you. It was very disappointing. Um, towards the the back end of of our last few games, we knew that the the goals that we weren't kind of scoring would maybe have a bit of an effect. And I just feel if we'd have you know taken the lead earlier in games. Um, I think we have in a different position, but listen, it was what it is, and we had a good, good, you know, good go at it. We, we, you know, everyone's season was stalled, so that's never going to be an excuse. But um, to be brutally honest, I think we should have gone a little bit further than we did, um, and I just think hopefully when we get some continuity back in terms of a schedule and, and training that's not, you know, uh, interfered with COVID and everything like that. So uh, listen, I'm I'm very um, optimistic about next season. I think if we can recruit well. Um, and, and strength from what we've got, then I think we should be it should be in a better position. Yeah, and and you know you were one of the first uh, you know announcements from the club as far as returning players for 2021. Uh, I, I I'll speak for Dylan and Alan. You were probably, if not the highest, one of the top rated guys on the club or on the roster from the three of us when we did our end of the season grades. Um, so we saw your. We saw your your work out there on on the field, and we appreciate you know all that effort you you put onto everything, um, giving your all on the pitch. I guess we could say if we want to go with uh, those analogies. Um, what's uh what are you going to be working on this off season to prepare for twenty twenty one? To be honest with you guys, I've always kept myself in very good condition uh, outside of, of football. Um, the off season, I, I like to really increase my strength programs. Um, I, I like to box as well, so I get my fitness in there. Um, so for me, it's just the case of, I, I have a bit of downtime in terms of actual, like, um, actual time I'm actually training in terms of like road running, etc. like that. I try to stay off that just to give the joints a break. Um, but the fitness side of it, um, I'll, I'll have a few weeks downtime, um, keeping my strength work. And then obviously on top of that, all my technique stuff, I, I do pretty much every day. So, um, like you've probably seen before, boys that, you know, struggle a little bit with their, their body, you know, outside of season. I've never really had to worry too much about that. Um, just conscious of, you know, keeping myself in good condition and then pre-season will come around and then I use that as my, uh, as my uh, you know, time to really focus in and, and get my body to to the condition it needs to be, um, body fat, etc. So, um, no, I, I, right now I'm just going to let the body heal, let it do its job and then uh, we'll go again next season. Uh, Rob, you did mention taking a little bit of time off from uh, higher impact stuff uh, yes. and running. Um, did you notice a big difference? I mean, obviously, it doesn't really rain in, in SoCal. <laughs> um, did you notice a massive difference just in terms of how your body uh, responded to training day to be in, day honest out with you on guys, a much harder surface? Yes, to be honest with you guys, 
I don't really like the turf. Uh, I've never really liked the turf. Uh, they're sort of the plastic pitches. We have a few back home, but nothing to the scale of here. And actually, we haven't trained on anything. We only played a few games on them, so um, it wasn't bad at all. But um, the, the, you've got to remember, back home, everyone wears metal studs purely because of the amount of rainfall that we get. So the ground is a lot softer. So it does have an effect on your lower backs and, and your joints. But I'll tell you one thing. I'm, I'm very fortunate to, to be in a place where the sun shines and after training, get a good you know, fuel up and recover yourself and, and you know just sitting in that sun for an hour or two get in the pool stretch your legs it, it does make such a big difference um, so I actually feel like my body's recovering better here um, and just little, the little 1% you know the little things that I think make a big difference in the big picture you know the stretching and the, and the ice bathing and you know seeing a physio maybe and getting some you know sort of muscle, some muscle tissue work done it just it just helps you know it just helps and, and especially the little 1% that I've been taught over my career that, you know, I, I see the top boys doing it day in, day out. And I do think that that's what, you know, creates a gap between, you know, top players and elite players, you know. Um, you had, the team had a really strong defensive season, um, not allowing, uh, I mean, there was clean sheets. There was a few goals allowed here and there, but I would say a pretty dominant defensive season. And you were pretty vocal. Some of the games that I heard, you were, you know, trying to control that back line and being vocal with the young players. What do you think is one thing that the defensive unit can work on this offseason to, like, take that even a bigger step forward and just be a lockdown defense, which is rare in the West? Yeah, no, it's the beauty of, of, of defending as a team, guys, is that it doesn't just come from your back four, your goalkeeper. It does start from the front. I know people will say that and, and I'll reiterate that. But, you know, when everyone's doing their job in front of you, it makes my job a hell of a lot easier. So when I'm demanding people in front of me to cover positions or block off passes or track their runners, it's for a reason. It's not to be that guy who's just moaning at everyone at the back. It's actually because I believe that as a unit, you need to be, you know, understanding of everyone's positions and roles. But on top of that, the more I can dictate in front of me, the easier my job is. So you'll hear me barking quite a lot and that's, you know, it's because I want to stay alert myself, but also want to, you know, make sure that the back four is alert. We're, we're a team, we're gelling and, you know, I, I have, I'm a massive believer in, you know, keeping those clean sheets will give you a great platform and, you know, we did manage to get some, I would like more. Um, and then it, all it takes is one little, you know, one little go up top and we've, we've done our job, you know, so... Um, I always kind of think as we're attacking, my mentality is great. You guys up there are going to do your job. But, you know, for example, my centre midfielder needs to be sitting in that hole screening, waiting for that counter-attack. Um, and I'm sort of thinking, you know, <laughs> sometimes people think I'm pessimistic, but I always think, what if, you know, like what if that guy does lose the ball? What if they do get lucky with that counter? And that's my job. So I'll take responsibility for that, you know. Let me let me sort of uh, take it an another step further here because I think we saw a, a few times this season where you were basically the last man standing for the Orange County defense. Uh, possibly, you know, a, a mistake or a missed uh, clearance or a missed tackle uh, right in front of you. What goes on in your mind when you're watching your teammate go in and uh, missing a tackle or uh, you know making that bad pass and knowing that you're that last person between you and the goalie? Uh, take us through your mindset and and what you go through in that. Well, normally I'm cursing at them to make sure they do their job better. Um, <laughs> but after that, no, it's just a case of trying to... So as a defender, I think the biggest thing that I was taught is just to basically slow everything down. So the more time I can buy, my teammates will get back in. So if I can delay that last little last little um, sort of sprint or that last little trick that, that my opponent's going to try and make on me, it will just allow everyone else to have two, three, maybe four seconds just to get back in position, reset, and then they can help me. So... 
Um, so the answer to that is just I'm trying to just think of the worst case scenario at all times. So, you know, but I do think, OK, maybe, you know, my player may not make that tackle. He may get nutmegged. He may get lucky, you know, whatever it might be. And I'm thinking, right, what can I do to affect that? Um, and I think that's just something that I've been taught, to be honest with you. And I, I just take pride in trying to organise that as best as I can. And one of our listeners is is basically wanting us to let you know, it, you know, defense wasn't the problem for the team this year. Uh, I think many fans uh, and all three of us here on the podcast, we realized the defense was pretty uh, solid throughout the season. It was just the lack of the goals, uh, unfortunately. Uh, let me ask you this: because you're you're resigning with Orange County, you're going to be back here for another season, so you're spending more time in Southern California. Uh, has in and out grown on you yet? Uh, you know, <laughs> ha- are, are, are you giving it another chance no, now that I'm you're going to be here what, a little bit longer? I tell you what I found though it was something and I'm, I might get the pronunciation wrong so bear with me but it was something polo chocolate it was like a chicken place that does a nice little takeout and I was all over the moon with it so Chick-fil-A is definitely number one and then after that is polo loco I think it was called so uh, that might be my second <laughs> is, that, is that is that close or not <laughs> yes it was it pretty close that was pretty good that was good we, uh, you know just just to let you just so just so it doesn't, you know, just to help you out here, uh, it is Spanish and the two L's get more of that Y sound. Uh, so uh, the traditional way people hey, say want, El Pollo Loco. Do you want to know a funny story? I went down to San Diego a few weeks ago and um, I was looking for La Joya. And obviously my accent says, hi guys, have you seen La Jolla? And everyone looked at me like I had two heads, you know, so I'm getting used to the to the pronunciations. <laughs> Yeah, I think we take it for granted growing up here in Southern California. I've, I've lived here my whole life. So you sort of just know the, the pronunciation of a lot yeah, of that stuff yeah, because yeah. it's just I'm, sort of embedded. I'm slowly learning. I'm slowly getting there. You know, give me a break. I've only been here for seven months. So I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Well, you know, and, and I went for my honeymoon, you know, a while back, went to, to London for a few days and I was craving, you know, we went to Ireland first, then went to London. And at, by that point I was craving Mexican food because here in Southern California, you can get Mexican food pretty much everywhere. Mm. Uh, and that was a little difficult for me to find when I was out in London. Um, so uh, it, it makes me totally understand, you know, it, it, you know where you're coming from. <laughs> yeah, the transition's been a little bit slow, but I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Yeah, El Pollo Loco is a, a good place too. You got, you know, when you're craving some of that that flame broiled chicken, it's pretty mm, good. Mm, mm. <laughs> um, let me uh, ask you, uh, or let me go to Dylan first, just in case Dylan has another question for you. And if not, then uh, I'll go. I did have another question, right? Um, Rob, you spent like you just mentioned seven months here in Southern California, what has been the best, uh, best moment for you so far? Um, to be honest with you, I took real pride in the, in the gaffer giving me the armband for the team. I, I do take real pride in that. And I want to be the one that's, you know, he did warn us, gentlemen, he did warn us that potentially Sorry. am I back. Am I back? I'm back. You're back. You're back. Sorry guys. Um, no, I was just saying I do take real pride in the in the gaffer giving me the armband, and I know that we've shared it with you know Roscoe and, uh, and Thomas when he was here and, and Kev. So listen, when I get that, that's that is a special moment for me. Um, I just wanted to come back here and, and do as best as I can. I'll be honest with you, I don't think uh, I've seen my best here just yet. I think it's been very hard with everything going on, the games being so close together, and not really having to, a real training regime that we can really go off. But um, I'd like to think that I've given a good account of myself, but I've got plenty to come and. Hopefully, I can just be a, a big part of the club going forward, you know? Oh, definitely. Hopefully, ho- we'll take that. Alan, do you have a, a last question for Rob? No, I mean, it's just, it was really impressive to watch you play out there. Um, and, um, 
your your growling and gruffing at players even made me sit up as a uh, person watching the game. I was just like more engaged because of how engaging you were with your team. So um, thanks for doing that. Thanks for your great season uh, and look forward to seeing you out there uh, next year and apparently even better. So pleasure. Pleasure. Perfect. Well, um, don't want to, you know, take up too much of your time this evening, uh, Rob. Uh, but uh, if you have any last things you want to share with our listeners before we let you go, feel free. Take, take yeah, no, the just listen, my word, Rob. Here, I just said, listen, I just like to say again, thank you for all the the support online and everything that you guys have done because we do see it. I know it's been hard not being in the stadium, etc. But believe me, we we are desperate for that to get back to normal, and uh, I just hope that we can. Um, just enjoy ourselves next year in a stadium that's full, got a bit of atmosphere, a bit of a, an environment for us all to thrive off. And, um, you know, hopefully see you soon. Oh, we, we're, we're hoping for the same thing. And, and uh, hopefully 2021 is a lot nicer to all of us yeah. uh, than 2020 was. Yeah, for sure. Perfect. Thank you very much. Once again, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's Defender for your Orange County Soccer Club returning in 2021. Rob Kiernan. Rob, thank you for joining us again here on the show. Thanks, guys. Um, enjoy your nights. And happy holidays. Thank you. See you guys. Uh, thank you. Um, there we go. So, uh, you know, Coach Brain uh, Cloutier. Am I getting it right? I'm already Cl- butchering Cloutier, it. Cloutier, apparently. Cloutier. This is going to take a long time. We're just We're so used like... to saying Braden Cloutier. That, yeah, uh, and thank you, this? San Diego Soccers, for doing that to all of us. You're welcome. I mean, I guess on behalf of the <laughs> San Diego Soccers. <laughs> um, Sorry. You know, uh, it, it's awesome. Like I, I mentioned, you know, we've been going a little quick here because, you know, we went a little bit long with co- with Coach and then Rob was waiting, so we didn't want to make him wait too uh, too long there. Um, but it's, it's, it's always awesome when we can have players on the show, but getting, you know, a, the coach on the show, especially for the first time here, is, is great, and hopefully we'll be able to make this work uh, next season, get him on a few times um, and, you know, figure out uh, information from him. Dig deep. There's no chance he tells us anything. I guarantee it. I could love the man, but there's no way he's going to come on during the middle of the season and tell us anything, which is, that's fair. I wouldn't do that either. No, I, I get it. I get it. But, uh, you know, hey, that's why you got to gotta try. We got to try. Um, we didn't do this. Uh, and I know we mentioned it last week. Uh, you know, we went and did the player grades Um I think Dylan, you said we would hold off on the coaching grade until uh, this final episode. Uh, so let's—I'm going to hand off the reins to you because you're the the grade master. Well, I mean, there's only one coach that you wrote on this list, so <laughs> that would be the man we just spoke. Well, not the man we just spoke to, but the man we just just spoke to, Braden Cloutier. Two syllables. I see your comments, everyone. Um, Alan. I mean, since you were the one that went first almost every time, since you're the I, one wearing a soccer jersey, I, I like how it's going to give him scared when you talk to him. Yeah, Wait, that's me. We're going to give him a grade and be like, we'll see you in a month. You'll forget about it by now. Um, no, it was having it be just like the B there was like it was actually soothing and enjoyable versus right off of the pitch. And it's it's still terrifying because he's still in coach mode like he hasn't. Like he hasn't come down from that coach mode. And so he is pretty intimidating at times. Um, I mean, I, I think he did the best with what he had. Um, I think that um, it's tough to 
manage something like this where you're basically just trying to manage minutes. You're not really setting up game plans and instituting game plans. Um, and I know he's had a very successful years in the past writing ships, um, but just didn't quite get this one right. But um, I think he'd be the first to admit that, you know, it didn't go the way he wanted to. Um, I would probably give him a, a B minus. I think he didn't really get a chance to do his job. And uh, but um, obviously not making the playoffs means you probably don't get an A. Uh, but I give him a B minus. Say I would give him a B. Um, just getting dealt a really awful hand this season between a massive pandemic, um, trying to keep players fit, trying to keep players healthy. <sighs> what a mess! But you know, it's not. He set up the team. For success and you know if you look at the chances created we were a successful team he's not going to go out there um with his um his hip and go out there and put those chances away that's not his job so i can't fault him for that but i'm going to give him a b i i think or at least i hope uh he would agree with that one but i i don't think he would give himself an a given the fact that we didn't make the playoffs uh ray please by all means tell us you're going to give him an f and this is why he didn't want to do this last week and we're never going to speak to him again. So, by all means, you have to unmute yourself first. See, I shouldn't have just told him that, and we could have just gone with my grade because we're all pretty sure it's going to be that. You could have just not listened to me at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you may be a little surprised with my grade uh, because of how harsh I've been on the team as a whole. Um, I went with a C uh, for the coach this year. Um, there was positives. There was negatives on this. Uh, I will say this, and, and I was very harsh. I was very harsh when I'm talking about like certain plans that I was thinking would work. Uh, now that I've had time to sort of rest on it and think about it, maybe it wasn't quite the nicest uh, thoughts there are. So maybe my team grade changes a little bit as well. Um, I do was was toying between like a C, C plus because I wanted to give a bump up. I know I was making fun of you guys for this a little bit, but I wanted to give him a little bump up for the uh, incident with Santi Moore um, on the sidelines, uh, just because I loved that. That was awesome. I was, I'm so mad that I didn't get to ask him. I forgot to ask him about that while he was on the show. Uh, but uh, see, I'm going to go with C because it wasn't the greatest. It wasn't the worst. Um, and yeah, I was a little harsh on everything. I should have taken COVID into, into mind and, you know, maybe my team grade, it was a little too harsh also. So I've changed. I'm a little bit nicer now, maybe because it's December. Who knows? <sighs> Let's Would you say you are thankful for this year's performance. Um, sure. Let's go that way. If that's what you want to say, Dylan, we, we've got someone waiting to join the show, Dylan. So we can't, we can't oh, lollygag oh. around here. All right. Um, so well, hello to his parents before we even get him on. <laughs> Uh, let's let's welcome our last guest of the evening, uh, another defender for our Orange County, your Orange County Soccer Club, and that's Blake Malone. Blake, welcome back onto the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. Hey, what's up? How are you guys doing? We're doing good. How how have you been uh, now? You know, a year under your belt here in Orange County, although not the greatest year, just all around when everything uh, gets put into the picture. Uh, how are you doing after your first year with the club? Right. Uh, it was a pretty tough year, I would say. Um, obviously not the uh, not the way we wanted it to go. And especially with, you know, just how we played, our results, you know, with COVID, all that that situation. And uh, 
personally, I, a couple weeks into the, uh, the season, I actually tore my quad. So I ended up missing pretty much like 90% of the season. So it was pretty tough. And I think, uh, it was kind of a disappointing season, I'd say, but I think we're, uh, looking to bounce back. Definitely. Uh, 2021. And that maybe you've just answered the question a lot of uh, listeners may have had coming into this episode is, why didn't we see much of Blake <laughs> Malone in 2020? Uh, unfortunately, a lot of injury information doesn't get publicly shared. So sometimes it's just a, a guess on what's going on with some of the players, especially when they're not making their appearances. Um, how frustrating is it uh, as a player coming into you know a new team, a new situation, and then pretty much knowing now with an injury, you're going to miss most of that time. What, what, what goes to the mind of a player when that's happening? Yeah, it was, it was definitely pretty frustrating. Um, Cause I feel like obviously I got here and then we we're about to start kickoff season. Great. And then, you know, hopefully you can, you leave a mark with the team, hopefully do something for the, for the fans, do it for the team. And then obviously COVID hits and then the injury. And it's just kind of, it all kind of co compounded, I guess. And was just pretty tough. You know, it's pretty, uh, First, you know, rookie season, trying to get it underway and kind of have those obstacles. Obviously, it, it hurts. You know what I mean? It's kind of a kind of a letdown. But at the end of the day, that's sports. You know, there's always, you know, even if it's not sports, it's life. It's just things are thrown your way. And then how you deal with it is kind of uh, kind of how you progress, you know. So I kind of try to take it in as best a stride I could. And uh, and now we're working. Now we're rehabbing and trying to trying to get better for 2021. So, well, and I guess it's a, a positive uh, view on things. If you look at it with, with limited time to showcase your skills, um, you know, when you're not injured, you still have the clubs wanting you to come back for another season. And, and so they, they must've seen something in what you can provide <laughs> to the roster uh, for 2021, which uh, probably is a positive for you to, to know that, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm really thankful for that. So that's always, it's always a good sign and uh, to know you're, you're wanted and desired. And to to know that people think you you can you can make a difference, so that's always it's always good and uh, definitely helpful in the uh, the mental state. <laughs> so, um, what uh, what are your goals uh, in for the off season and then heading into twenty twenty one? What is what would be your big goal for for next season? I think my my personal goal as of right now in the off season is to get to get healthy again to get back to to where I was before. Uh, for my injury. I think that's my number one uh, goal right now. Cause it's been a while um, that I've been out of commission. And then as a team, I think we just need to perform. I think that a lot of, a lot of L's and losses we took last season were uh, pretty, pretty, not, not embarrassing, but not the way we wanted it to happen. Um, I think that there were definitely times when we were up where we should have been in, in better spots. And we just made little mistakes that, definitely cost us situations you know if we could look back to the sack game where we're up a player and a goal you know so i think it's just honing in and really focusing as a team to come together this season and get it done and get it done the right way and get it done the best way possible blake where do you slot in in 2021 and getting things done hopefully uh Hopefully, I can just be another important piece to the to the team. You know, it's always I can sit here and say that I'm gonna do a whole bunch of stuff, but at the end of the day, it's what we can all do together and how we can um, be cohesive and make it happen uh, as one. You know, from from the coaching staff down to the players to everyone behind the scenes. 
um, and of course myself. So hopefully we can all just get on the same page, understand our mission and our goal right from the beginning and get after it and get started. So not being able to play, but still probably being engaged in the game, uh, getting kind of a bird's eye view of the, of the team in the season this year. Was there anything that you were able to pick up maybe that you might not have like playing the game, but like taking a step back and kind of watching it from a more global perspective? Was there anything you picked up on this season um, kind of taken from that perspective? Yeah, I think that uh, when you're really just sitting up in the stands and watching, you definitely get a better perspective of who you're playing with, who you're playing against and how you're playing. And I think that, when you can sit back and really just you can focus on your team, not how you're going to play it, just focus on your team and what's happening. You can really get a good view of uh, what mistakes are, what we're doing well and how we can fix it. You know, whether it's, whether it's how we're pressing, where our, where our confrontation line is or, or whatnot. Um, I think that definitely you get a better insight to your team and, and other teams um, on playing style and what needs to improve and continuously uh, get better to do good in the season, I guess, um, and play better soccer. Uh, to, let's step away from the soccer talk really quick here because we just had Rob on the show, and it's well known that Rob is not a huge fan of in and out which I think a lot of <laughs> uh, Southern Californians uh, look at that as uh, you can't really say that or you're not supposed to say that when you live in Southern California, although I sort not. of agree. It's, it's a once-in-a-while thing. I like it, but I'm not the hugest fan. Uh, let me ask you, are you um, a fan of In-N-Out? <laughs> I am a huge fan of In-N-Out. Um, there's actually a secret menu, and I always would get a 4 by 4 which is the four patties, the four cheeses, and that's my that's my go-to. And then I get my fries on the crispier side. So I, I am a fan of In-N-Out, but I'm trying to stay healthy. But I do slip <laughs> In-N-Out in there. Everyone's in a while. And maybe, maybe just someone has to show or introduce Rob to that secret menu at In and Out. Maybe he's just missing that. He's going and seeing just hamburger, cheeseburger, <laughs> French fries, and like thinking, right. what is the point of this? What's the greatness of this? But it's a Southern California staple is that secret menu at In and Out. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> um, and uh, do you ever, you know, so let's do this. Um, you know, I'm the, the order taker at In and Out. And how do you, how do you order it? Like, what do you tell them? I just, I just, I pull up, I'm in the drive-thru, you know, I'm up with the window down. I'm like, Hey, how are you guys? I'm good. How are you? And I'm just straight up. I would like a four by four with a Neapolitan milkshake. And they're like, great. And then I'm like, cool. Thanks. And then that's it. And then they yeah. asked, do you want onions on it? Uh, yeah, I'm a no onion. I'm an everything but onion. I can't really do onions. <laughs> not my favorite, not my forte. But, yeah. Onions yeah. are hit or miss for, for a lot of people. Uh, mm -hmm. the, a funny little story. I'm not going to take it too long, but when my <laughs> oldest son was like a year old, I fed him some onions out of a bean and cheese burrito, and my <laughs> wife thought he was going to gross out by those, and he was loving them. He was just eating up <laughs> onions left and right. So wow, it's not for go. everyone. But some people love them. Um, I agree. I agree with all of the chat. It's all about those grilled onions. That's what it's about. <laughs> getting them grilled onions. Oh god. We're getting everyone's. We're getting everyone's in and out order on our <laughs> chat right now, which is pretty cool. There we um, go. Let's see. Uh, do, 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 do. Blake, can oh, we, um, you we a, did have oh, one. Go ahead. You want to go for it, Dylan? I was gonna ask Blake, do you want a uh, an In and Out themed TIFO for you when you when you get to make your debut for us next year? 
Yeah, of course, sure. I'd love that. That'd be awesome. Or maybe just a four by four, like uh, <laughs> under a heat lamp for you. Hey, that'd be good too. Either way, I'm, <laughs> I'm grateful. Thank you. <laughs> uh, one of our listeners uh, listening live on the show on Periscope uh, is asking, uh, "How are you feeling about the choice of moving to the USL versus uh, continuing with the college game at this point?" Um, I'm definitely, uh, even though it was a rough season, kind of a rough, a rough start for me. Um, I'm definitely happy with the move. I think that playing in the USL is such a, a good developmental uh, opportunity. And um, I think it's great to get to play against players who are much stronger, faster, which is the same in college, but definitely with a lot more experience and kind of, uh, kind of that know of the game. Kind of, like, kind of like just when you're playing against Michael Orozco. There's so many little details that he has um, up his sleeve that just make the game just so much better. Um, so I'm definitely happy with the move. Um, what, are, what are the major differences? Is that is that for me? Um, I would say the major differences are that, again, like I said, experience. And you're playing against uh, really driven players. And uh, they want – each team wants to win um, a championship for their, for their team. Um, I guess when I was in college, I, I know quite a few – uh, teams and players that kind of were just like, oh, Humpty Dumpty about it. But I think that upon the move here, everyone is really, really committed. And because uh, at this point, it's it's a job, you know, it's a career. So how far you take it and how you can do it during that season is what will keep you going or what will make you sink. So I think it's that dedication, that drive from, from teams. And, and sort of to sort of build off of that question then, because Orange County has really built themselves up as as providing this pathway to pro for uh, youth players in the United States, locally in Southern California, but also across the United States you, in, in sort of see what happens with someone like an Aaron Cervantes, who's now moving on over to Rangers in Scotland. Mm -hmm. um, what does that mean for young player like yourself, uh, seeing that sort of opportunity with Orange County to grow and develop and, and look for future steps to take? Yeah, it's awesome. It's always a really good sign to see. And uh, it's kind of motivating to know that they have your back and that they're they're pushing for you to excel um, to the maximum of your capabilities. You know, it's always great, to, just like Cervantes, it's great to see him going and, and doing bigger and better things. And it's kind of always, it's nice to know that they, they have your back and you're, they're supportive and they're, they're doing everything that they can to help us succeed um, and, and go to to stretches that maybe we wouldn't think are possible and help us get there. So it's really, uh, really helpful for sure. Nice. Let me uh, throw it off to Dylan or Alan. Do you guys have any, uh, any last questions? Alan? Dylan? Um, yeah, Blake, you are so incredibly positive <laughs> and it's been a very, very rough year. For a lot of people, <laughs> definitely yourself included. I mean, tearing your quad. Um, I would imagine hurts a lot. It wasn't uh, fun. Play yeah. probably also hurts quite a lot as well. <laughs> so, what have you managed? I mean, this isn't Washington um, <laughs> or or Chapel Hill. I mean, how have you managed to to stay positive this year? I don't know. It's been it's definitely been pretty tough, um, especially with you know everything going on. It's been tough, but I guess at the end of the day, when you look at it all and you, and you think about it, you can either accept it and accept that that's what it is and try and move forward with it or you can um, sit back and kind of let it eat you up and i'd rather 
you know, conflict hits you, I'd rather try and get it solved and get it resolved like straight away and, or at least go into the, go into the, that, um, challenge with the mindset that, okay, we can do this, we can get through it and then push to see if you can. And if it doesn't happen, great, but you always, I feel like gotta, gotta keep positive and keep pushing. Um, cause otherwise I guess you're kind of just going to dig yourself into a deeper hole and then you'll need some other assistance to get you out than just trying to climb yourself. So. I think just trying to stay positive and just keep pushing forward is uh, what's helped me. Plus, the sun and Cali weather is definitely pretty nice. So that definitely helps and does does beat Seattle's darkness. So that is also good. You are <laughs> wise beyond your <laughs> very few years. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Um, let me get one last just random question here for you, and then we'll let you head off, uh, Blake. Um if you weren't uh, a professional soccer player, is, is there a secondary sport that you would have potentially had a shot at? And if so, what, uh, what sport is it and what team would you be playing for? I'll tell you what me, Seth Kasipley and Freddie do love to golf and I love golf. So I think that I would probably try to make it as a PJ. I'd probably try to be the next Tiger Woods. I don't know if it's possible, but I would probably try to take it to the PGA. Nice. Yeah. And it's nice to know that you, you got some golf partners on this, on this roster and um, hopefully uh, you can be more healthy uh, next year and you actually be able to uh, <laughs> to play without hurting while you're, I don't know if you, if it hurts to swing when you're injured like that. I, I don't know. I don't play golf, so I don't really <laughs> you know. know your quad is right. <laughs> Isn't it like somewhere like on your shoulder or something like that, Dylan? De definitely up there. <laughs> um blake you have any last uh, uh you know messages or anything uh, you want to share with our fans uh, our listeners before uh before you head out um stay positive keep cheering us on and we're looking for a strong 2021 and thank you guys for having me on the show oh, thank you so much blake ladies and gentlemen that's defender for your orange county soccer club blake malone the most positive player probably ever <laughs> on our show so we appreciate it blake thank you for joining us and hopefully we'll get to have you on uh uh, sometime next season. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Once again, uh, Blake Malone, Hey, you know, joined us here, uh, when he first joined the club, joining us now to wrap up 2020 and man, what a guest to have to wrap up 2020. So positive. So, so you know, just well-spoken sounds like he's enjoying life, even though, you know, it wasn't the most, uh, wonderful season, um, or first season experience here in orange County. It's, it's, it's just, makes you realize, you know, to try and be positive, try and find ways to, to, to be happy, be positive. Um, even though when things seem like they may be low or at their lowest, you can hopefully find ways to be positive. I know it's difficult these, in these times. And that's why we're, we're sort of saying so long 2020 and hoping 2021, uh, is a little bit better than this year was right. Uh, let's do this. Um, any last thoughts? In 2020, I'm going to go to you first, Dylan, and then we'll, this is not your random thought. This is just last thoughts on 2020 or the season or, or the year, and then we'll get to our random thoughts. Well, I can't use the – can I use the word that I really want to use? No, there's probably children listening. I like Allen's. Um, everyone will like Allen's. There's probably kids listening or families listening, so I won't use it, but it's all been a little bit not great this year. And I imagine this winter – um will probably be a little bit worse than most so you know take the wise words of 19 year old blake malone and keep pushing forward 
because you know 2021 is right around the corner and uh a return to play and a return to the pitch and a return to the stands is right around the corner for all of us alan um any last things before we get to our random thoughts yeah i think i thought blake malone was about to like ted lasso us and tell us like be a goldfish like just (laughs) when things are going bad you just forget about it like right like you know who the happiest animal on the planet is? I don't know how to do his accent, but uh, it's a great a really show. Bad Jason Sudeikis <laughs> doing a, like a really bad. Accent. Well, he had a really bad Southern accent, so it makes sense. Um, Isn't he from the Midwest? I don't know. It's go ahead, go accent. ahead, go ahead. Is he, he's but, from like Omaha or something like that, right? Whatever. That's Kansas well, City. That's where Blake Malone is from. So yeah, he was, he was just there. like just forget the bad stuff that just happened and just go out there and do the job that you know you're going to do. Stay positive and. Obviously, we won't forget a lot of the bad things, and sometimes remembering those bad things can help you make better decisions in the future. Um, but, you know, we have each other. Uh, I'm sure we'll keep texting. We'll stay uh, in tune to some social medias. So we're not going anywhere. You just don't get have to see us anymore. Um, but, yeah, um, be positive. Love your life. Be a goldfish. <laughs> Hurry up apple and get season two of ted lasso on the air i'm already missing it and it's, it hasn't been that long since i watched it um yeah we're, we're we're taking a little bit of a break here for the rest of this year and early part of next year uh we're not you know totally taking a break from all this we're going to be brainstorming some ideas of how we can improve the show in 2021 um and and figure that stuff out as well uh, but we are going to be back to continue this amazing journey because uh like these two gentlemen uh, with me on the show. It's, it's one of our favorite parts every week is to just get together, talk soccer for about an hour, uh, you know, pick on me for some of the dumb stuff I say, and then move on and, and enjoy uh, our share of the love of this game. So um, as far as 2020, uh, yeah, there's nothing nice to say about it. Um, a lot of, you know, even without, COVID, I just sports in general for me was horrible because my two teams in the US that I, I love, which are the Clippers and Orange County Soccer Club, had disappointing ends to their season. So um, but yeah, that's that's that. Uh let's do this. Let's get to our we're gonna do two things, gentlemen. So I'll go to you first, Dylan. Our random thought and your new year's resolution. So Dylan, go for it. All right. Um, I don't have anything for you to read this week. There's a lot of things. I've recommended so many things. Just go record more things than anyone else in the show's history. I, I can't do that. I'm not. I'm just going to do. There. I'm going to put together a highlight episode while we're on hiatus of just your recommendations for the whole episode, Dylan. We'll just do that. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Um, I don't have anything for you to read, but um, a fun fact I learned today was Michael Seaton. Sorry, Michael Seaton is the youngest or was. How do I phrase this sentence? Oh my God. Michael Seaton is the, or was the youngest player to ever play for Jamaica. And that record still stands, which is just, that's wild to me. He's one of very few players that happens to be an active player that is representing, um, or that has represented his country at a very young age. It's wild. Wow. Like for example, the U S is the youngest ever player um, played in like 1904 actually four of the five youngest players. So, you know, 
I don't know. I miss Michael Seaton. I guess that's my random thought. And he's a rapper. Brain. So. Go check out. You can check out some of his songs on like Spotify or Apple Music or pretty much wherever you you stream your music. Just look. His his rap name is Seats, with like one of those little like marks over one of the letters. I don't remember which letter it is. Excellent uh, which means it goes uh, up from left to right. Um, my okay. New Year's resolutions just to be a little bit more positive. Um, I am definitely the pessimist of the show and the pessimist pessimist of most things in my life so you know i should probably stop being a little bit like that this year has been bad enough uh and this year's made me soft and enjoy things so that's my goal next year is just to do some more of that and, and spend some time with some nice people yeah i'm sure everyone else in the C or everyone in the clc will probably enjoy me being a little bit um more positive so that's my goal hold me to it if i'm not doing that for whatever reason Alan, what about your random thought and, and New Year's resolution? My random thought is a literature recommendation. Uh, I'm going to recommend uh, Slapstick by Kurt Vonnegut. Uh, it is incredibly poignant and wonderful. It's about the demise of America. And why did I go first? All sorts of shenanigans. It's a beautiful book. Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, I read it recently. Hair <laughs> Ray of Sunshine, Dylan. Um, so that is my liter liter literary recommendation is Slapstick by Kurt Vonnegut. Um, New Year's resolution. Um, I don't usually do New Year's resolutions because usually it's like I'm chubby and I don't want to be chubby anymore. And then I just give up and still be chubby, um, which is, I mean, I get it. It's what I do. I'm good at it. Um I think I would like to read more books that are just for fun and enjoyment. Uh, so I'm going to try and be hone in my inner Dylan and be pessimistic and read lots of books. You don't, you don't, you can do, you can read lots of books and you don't have to be negative. All right. I'll try that first. <laughs> there you go. Um, random thought uh, for me. I don't know. I honestly don't have a random thought today. Um, just I was concentrating so much on this being our final episode of 2020. I just really didn't think about uh, what my random thought would be, uh, or and I asked you guys to do New Year's resolution. And I didn't even think of uh, something for that. So um, I'm going to do this. My New Year's resolution is going to be podcast based. Is uh, I'm going to try and do a better job of not rambling on when I'm asking questions, uh, and I'm going to try and do a better job of not messing up. Uh, sayings, words, phrases, all that fun stuff. Pronunciations. Um, we'll see how long that'll last. It'll probably last like 30 seconds in to, hey, it's not New Year's yet, Dylan. So it's not New Year's, so I don't have to be nice. You need to do better. Even random people in the chat are asking you to do better. The CLC is going to chant, do better for you, Ray. Hey, hey, I'll take it. Make a chant for me, do better, Ray. That you just say that over and over. Who knows? Um, no, but I'm I'm gonna work on that and making sure uh, I I can improve that. I, I I know I do it, and sometimes I just decide yeah. I don't want to deal with it. And Alan's just ready to end this. He's yeah. like I'm looking just, at I'm his. Telling you, his I'm, trip. I'm I'm I'm. Oh, he's ready. He's ready. Prepared. He's ready. That's what he's saying. Wow, um, he's rushing out 2020. He's over it. Okay, really quick. My random thought here, I'm gonna say is uh, 
Thank you to all of our listeners who have stuck with us through this crazy year. Um, we appreciate it. We we do this for the love of it, but we also appreciate that you are willing to listen and and share your thoughts with us and uh, interact with us now that we have that option, which we didn't have at the beginning of 2020. And um, we just appreciate it because we know you can listen to a bunch of other soccer-related podcasts. You can listen to Sports Talk Radio. You can just watch ESPN if you want to and and get your soccer uh, love out of that if when if and when they talk about it, which is very rare. But you you choose to listen to us, which is awesome. And, and we I, I promise we'll continue to try and improve and do better and and make this work more. Um, and also thanks to all the players uh, and guests that we've had on from other podcasts uh, throughout this year. Um, we appreciate anyone that's willing to take time out of their Tuesday evening to spend time with us. Um, they, no one gets makes gets paid to join us on the podcast. They just do it because they're nice and, and they're offering to do it. Or maybe, you know, as a player, maybe your team tells you, hey, you got to go talk to these guys. And they're like, okay, let's do it. But we appreciate it anyways. Um, and uh, I'm appreciative of the the two uh, gentlemen that I have on here with, with us because uh, definitely would be difficult to do this by myself. Um, Dylan and Alan, you are a great help on this. So I appreciate all that you do. Sometimes I ask you to do random things behind the scenes and you guys are like, sure, let me do it. And I appreciate that as well. So um, I'm going to hand it off to Alan for his last sponsor read of 2020. A huge thank you to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier of the MLS, USL, and US soccer. Get your custom scarves on your group for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Oof, that one jumped out at me. Uh, are you also tired of those same old uniforms and cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday League squad, adult, or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com. Perfect. So for Dylan, for Alan, for a head coach, Braden Cloutier... Did I get that? I, I'm still butchering that, but it's not 2021 yet um, for Rob Kiernan, for Blake Malone. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, and we are out.